You say the game is getting old Monday morning and your coffee's cold Life is not what you want it to be Hello everyone and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man, do we have another great show for you today. Uh, listen, uh, there is no doubt that relationships are the key to our success. Matter of fact, if you are looking for a guarantee in life, if you want to become more successful, take a look at your relationships. Because I promise you that if your relationships don't have depth and meaning and are connected, I can promise you that your success is related to your relation, the number, the, the relationships that you have. Not just the amount, but the quality of those relationships. Now, the question becomes to you, how good of a relationship builder are you? And and you got to be honest here. And how intentional are you about creating relationships? And how committed are you to those relationships? Because all those factors are absolutely critical and important to being successful, not just in life, but in business. And if our motives are tainted or wrong, right? Because we, we you know, we got to make a sale. I got to make a sale. Got to make a sale. So what happens is what do you do? Shortcut the relationship. Let's quickly build rapport and then let's get me to sell you something. And you go, because, you know, it's urgency, right? Where relationships aren't built on urgency. In fact, they take time. But they also take skill. And my guest this week, Joe Bricado, I'm from Chicago, uh, wrote this book. It's called Hit It Off, uh, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationship in Life and Business. Folks, get out your pens and pencils. If you're driving, don't do that. Uh, just listen to it later and then take out your pens and pencils. But I'm, we're not going to make it through all 21. But let me just tell you something. The ones that we're going to hit are going to be absolutely fundamentally important. And the other ones that we don't hit are also fundamentally important. Uh, these rules are outstanding. We got to stop going on automatic pilot. We got to get to this and we got to get, we're going to do that. Before we get to Joe, let's do what we do every week, right? We're four part people. We're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. And the truth of the matter is if we're not growing, we're dying because we're never staying static. And so what I would do every week is I evaluate you on a scale of one to 10 or you evaluate yourself. I don't evaluate you evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in each area of your life. One being ugh, uh, 10 being woohoo, couldn't get any better. Right? So let's take the physical area on a scale of one to 10, five being average. How would you rate yourself in getting enough exercise, eating right, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep? All right. Now, whatever that number is, I don't want you to get alarmed and go, oh, oh my gosh, I'm a two. No, 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 no. Think of it as a starting point. This is where you improve from. All right, so how do we get from a 2 to a 2.5? All right, so that's your first number. Second number is your mental intellectual number, right? My wife says it all the time. How do people think they could sit on a couch and think that somehow they're going to just absorb like a couch potato information and that's going to help them grow? The truth of the matter is you have to be an active participant in your intellectual knowledge and growth. Matter of fact, you know my guest Joe Bricado, he's a contributor for Forbes magazine, right? He's, he's constantly growing and he's He's taking things and learning things in. Matter of fact, when you read the science that is in this book, right? A lot of growth, a lot of intellectual stimulation. You could read a book like this one. That will help grow you. But, you know, there's other ways to, you know, be part of that, that knowledge and growth. You can be listening 
to books and podcasts and things like that and taking notes on them. And then it's not just listening, it's applying the knowledge. Because that's where the change comes intellectually. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing intellectually? The third area is the emotional area. Right? Uh, Daniel Goleman, uh, known for... Uh, matter of fact, he's mentioned in this book. I should mention this. It's in Hit It Off, too. He's mentioned this book. One of my favorite... He talks about emotional quotients and emotional intelligence. The truth of the matter is we break it down really easy. How well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? That's the first part. And the second part is... How well are you able to tap into and understand the emotions of another person? Do you think that's important to relationships, both of those? I would say yes. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing there? Okay, that's your third number. Fourth number is the spiritual number. It's a little more difficult for people to wrap their minds around the spiritual end. right? A lot of people will say, well, I'm not really all that spiritual. Well, we're all spiritual. Move the physical, mental, and emotional. What do you have left? Right? We all live by faith. You pushed your button on your car. You believed it was going to start. The sign across the crosswalk said walk, and you believed that no cars were going to hit you. You made plans for the future, believing that they're going to happen. Isn't that faith? And at the end of the day, what brings you back in the midst of chaos? What brings you back to centeredness or joy or peace? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it meditation? Is it something else? And then how's it working for you? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say that's going for you? All right, those four areas are like the air in the tire of your car, tires in your car. Truth of the matter is, if one tire is low, what happens? Well, the car veers. It doesn't run well or you can't get it going. And if all four tires are too low, what happens? Eventually, over time, you ruin the car. Well, speaking of someone who's got his tires all to the right level, his name is Joe Bricado. Joe Bricado is a business development thought leader, life coach, and award-winning attorney with more than 30 years of experience, generating millions of dollars in business. He's worked with some of the most prominent companies in, and individuals in the world. He is a regular contributor to Forbes.com as a member of Forbes Business Development Council and the author of Happy is Cool, How to Ignite the Truth. Uh, the True Happiness in You um, and Among Other Books, including this latest effort here, Hit It Off. Um, Joe has reached international audiences writing for other major publications, including the Huffington Post, CEO World Magazine. He speaks for leading at leading companies, for leading companies. He's, he's been at Citibank, Clive Nation, House of Blues. He's been a guest on radio shows like AM's 560 The Answer and Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome for the first time to A New Direction, Joe Bricado. Welcome. It's good to be here, Jay. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thank you. Uh, love the book. I told you that. Uh, I really did, and it's awesome. Uh, we talked, you and I talked a little bit before the show, and uh, we we said, you know, I said to you, I said, you know, you make a point of saying that there may not be things in here that are that you've never heard before, but when I've as I read it three times. <laughs> Um, I came to the conclusion, but we're not very good at being intentional about doing these things that we so evidently know, are we? No, we're not. And <clears throat> one of the interesting things I think about human nature is that we fall into patterns and not all the patterns we fall into are positive. And I think a lot of the things that are in this book, frankly, these 21 rules, as I call them, mm -hmm. are very common sense. They're very intuitive. Mm -hmm. However, we tend to forget them. Mm -hmm. We tend not to prioritize them properly mm -hmm. and we don't use them to their fullest extent. So what I did in the book is, as you mentioned, there's a lot of science mm -hmm. in the book. I have done a lot of research around psychological, sociological and business studies and other expert commentary 
to really dig into the efficacy of these common sense intuitive things. So what I've done in the book is really married the science to these common sense intuitive things. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think true mastery is. If you're really looking to hit it off with someone from the moment you meet them and then developing that relationship into a long-term emotional connection. And the whole idea here is to maximize the likelihood of achieving whatever goal you have for that relationship. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I have to be honest with you. These, these 21 things, uh, were eye opening, uh, for me, not because I didn't know them. I, I, I know that they exist. I know that they're all true, but the science was really impressive. I'm a science guy and the science behind them was real impressive. But I, I felt, <laughs> I feel like I'm about to make a confessional here. Okay. I felt guilty, <laughs> Joe, about. You're hereby forgiven before you go any further. I don't know what you're going to say, but I forgive you. <laughs> uh, I felt guilty because I'm like going, I know that I kind of just take these things for granted, assume that I do them well, assume that I'm doing them but the truth of the matter is I'm just not always very intentional about it. And, and then do I stay committed to it as I should? And, and I, I think I, I'm not trying to pass blame off here, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'm not alone, uh, in your, in your speaking, you know, cause you speak to a lot of people, you talk to a lot of people. I'm sure I'm not alone in how, you know, sometimes I just go on automatic pilot to speak and talk to people and de develop these relationships and just assume they're going to somehow organically grow. Is, is that pretty common from your experience too? It is unfortunately too common. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I'd love people to take away from the book is this. It's just one thing. Let's change the way we think about relationships. And what I mean by that is you've mentioned intentionality and that's <clears throat> very important. And I like to use the phrase, applying critical thinking and mindfulness to the interpersonal dynamic. So when we're thinking critically about that communique with another person and we're intensely aware of what's going on in that relationship, then we're really able to maximize our strategies around how to really maximize the likelihood of achieving our goals in that relationship, whether it's in a personal relationship or it's in a business context. And most of us, we have heard the phrase critical thinking in the past. We maybe have heard about mindfulness, and but I'm all about mastery. And when you think right. about critical thinking and you think about the rules in this book, it's really to help you apply critical thinking and mindfulness to that dynamic. So, for example, um, <clears throat> when we're thinking about critical thinking, there are three essential components of this. One is effective communication. So when you're speaking with someone, um, and it could frankly be in any medium. So the science really transcends the mediums. It's whether it's in person, a video conference like this, or email or text or a phone call. But you have to know how to effectively communicate with people. And a lot of the things in this book are around effective communication. Second thing is you really have to understand how to carefully assess information. So you mentioned emotional intelligence earlier, and that's about recognizing the emotional tone of yourself and the other person. Sure. So you have to carefully assess that sort of information and frankly know what to do with it. And third, you have to approach every relationship very objectively. We all have biases and preconceived judgments. I get it. 
Um, very difficult to leave at the door, but we have to try to leave them at the door and really come and assess this information very effectively and objectively. And being mindful of what's going on when we're speaking with someone, that helps you inch toward that critical thinking application and really getting to strategies by implementing these 21 rules that again will get you closer to your goal more efficiently. I, I don't know what to even add to that. I'm not going to because it was, it was such a, a counselor. That was a beautiful summary uh, right, right there of the entire book. So thank you. Uh, so let's just jump into some of these rules and let's dig in and sure. and and let's do So let's start with rule number one, uh, which is take a fresh look at eye contact to convey emotion. And you say, do that. By the way, let me just sit, tell people this about the book. So he, every section, every rule in the book is divided like do this, why, train wrecks that could happen, a uh, few tips to take home, uh, the Zen. There's he's got a little story of the Zen, and then he leaves you with a key takeaway at the end. And then at the very end of the book, he actually has exercises. Joe has exercises that you can use to build and grow your skills, really develop your skills in each one of these areas. And so I, I, I want to make sure that people know that. So. Rule number one, take a fresh look at eye contact to convey emotion. So let's take a look. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that I have pretty good eye contact. I, I mean, I have to do that certainly for the show. I mean, I know I'm looking into a camera, but I have to look at you. Um, um, I, I imagine that your face is right here and we're talking face-to-face. But then, but I know that face-to-face often, and I'm seeing this frequently, is that sometimes people don't give us very good eye contact. Uh, help us here, Joe. Why is it important? Give us some of the science. Give us some of the background and why we should do this. Well, let's keep in mind the science around first impressions. Uh, there is uh, science that suggests that we tend to make snap judgments about people in the first two seconds. Now, that's pretty darn quick. So what's the first thing we do when we meet someone? We tend to look into their eyes. Um, that's the most socially appropriate thing to be looking at, of course. And how do you then use your eyes to maximum effect? And this goes back to, you know, we've kind of, kind of grown very accustomed to literally just taking for granted. Yeah. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And not even thinking about Mm. this. There are studies that have been done that state that the eyes, I mean, we've all heard like eyes are the window to the world and the soul and all that. It's kind of true. The the science bears that out where we can actually convey our empathy, our excitement, our, um, our enthusiasm, our sadness, whatever the emotion is through our eye contact. Mm. And by understanding that and being acutely aware of that when we're approaching someone for the first time, you've now empowered yourself like never before. Is it something that we know, of course, as a common sense? Of course. However, in the book, we talk about this science that really reinforces the efficacy, the power, the strength, really using eyes appropriately. And now we don't want to stare at people. Mm-hmm. We don't want to linger a little bit too long on that stare or that eye contact. And we don't want to be looking around when we're talking. And unfortunately, and we all need to start paying attention to this in in our communications with others. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that to maximum effect. And they kind of take for granted that particular very easy thing. But a lot's been written about this. 
And I really believe that that's that first two seconds that really helps in maintaining that, that starting that emotional connection because emo human connection is one of the basic needs that we have. And we're addressing someone, we're looking in their eyes, we're really getting that power, that emotion conveyed, you're on your way to establishing that really strong bond. Uh, let's talk about a train wreck <laughs> when it comes to eye contact, because what you say here is that the appropriate use of eye contact can uh, be almost non-detectable. Unfortunately, the inappropriate use of eye contact, especially the lack of eye contact, is terribly noticeable and could derail trust and relationship. Wow. Help us there. Well, it, it, it's, again, we just need to pay attention next time we're speaking with people in terms of how they use eye contact, either to their advantage or disadvantage. And um, I'm, I'm unfortunately in situations from time to time where, you know, I'm speaking with someone and they're literally looking somewhere else. And I don't know, I'm not the most sightly individual in the world, or the <laughs> although I'm sure my mother would disagree. And if she's watching, she's probably saying, yeah, absolutely not. But um, the point being is that, you know, when, when, we're, when we're in a situation and someone is not appropriately using eye contact, it really blows back on them because we leave thinking, can I trust this individual? They won't look me in the eye. And, you know, that's, that's happened to me a number of times and, and, and I'm a human being right. that affects me. Right. So we have to be cognizant of that. And unfortunately, a lot of people really suffer from kind of this nervousness, which is understandable when they're talking to people, maybe they, they're thinking they're looking off, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, we all do that from time to time, sure. but again, being socially appropriate and it's one of 21 rules. So it's right. part of a kind of a recipe for really mastering the art and science of relationships. Well, let's, let's take another part of the recipe. Let's go to rule number three. Uh, remember that a sm simple smile is tied to deep trust. Mm, I'm a smiler. I, I, I am, I'm generally happy. I'm just really happy. I feel grateful that I'm alive. I feel grateful for every day. Matter of fact, I start my day with gratitude. So um, the first thing I do is I wake up. I mean, literally as my feet hit the floor, I'm, I'm, you know, I am listing out, you know, seven things I'm grateful for you know, and writing them down and, and because that's how I want to start my day. And it just, I just believe in positivity and, and I, that's how I live my life. So I'm, I'm a smiler and, um, but I, I went to the grocery store yesterday after, you know, reading the book and I'm like going, man, there's a lot of people who don't smile. Well, it's, it's, it's true. And there's a fine line there. Right? right. I mean, we don't want to be jokers no, walking no. around smiling like a fool everywhere we go. No. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, we do that. People might do that based on nervousness. Mm. Um, maybe they smile too much. Um, but that simple smile mm. has been shown by science to really convey a commonality, a friendship, a kinship. When someone doesn't do that when they should, there's nothing that sparks in our brain. The neurons just don't spark. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always use the example of if you're standing in an elevator and the door opens and someone enters and you look at them without smiling, you don't have to smile at them. It's not a requirement, of course, in that particular context. But if you do, they tend to smile right back. Right. Next time you're in an elevator, just try that. You don't want to be, you know, weird about it, obviously, but a nice appropriate smile 
saying hi or something like yeah. that. What it does is it immediately opens the door. Yeah. And frankly, I've started a lot of conversations, whether it's a, a line at Starbucks or wherever you're at, right? And it's very easy if people see the smile and it's appropriate to really open the door. And again, it's about that first impression. You right. want to hit it off with someone. Think about someone literally not looking at you and not smiling. Right. Are you off to a really good start with that individual? Yeah, right. No, you're right. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right. If, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm not consciously aware of what my face is doing, and if I'm not consciously aware of what am I presenting with my face, I'm either going to be positive or negative. I, I mean, st you, you, the studies that you talk about here are so clear, right? That, you know, we, we get attractive to the positiveness of the smile. And, and if I'm not, then I'm conveying the opposite message. And think about it in a business context, because um, a lot of us, a lot of us are in business, yes. and we're meeting potential business partners, investors, um, clients, customers, whatever the case might be. And if you know you are not immediately using your face, your eyes, other mannerisms to really take control of that first two seconds it's your loss yeah. it really is and the science bears it out i mean if you don't do that you're at a massive disadvantage so why wouldn't you do it yeah. you know the contrary logic is equal why wouldn't you do it so again the idea is to bring these things to our consciousness in the book among other things and then to really explain the fact that there is scientific evidence that shows the efficacy of these things mm -hmm. so we're more confident in how we approach people and how we interact with them. So we can actually increase, like I said, the chances of achieving our goals. And that's really the whole idea of a relationship, isn't it? It's to achieve a goal, whatever that goal might be. Yeah. And that's really where a lot of us just take for granted the concept of achieving the goal. We enter into a relationship and we just kind of let fortuity take over. Well, yeah, see how it goes and maybe they'll become a client or a friend or what have you. but. You know, we need to, like I said, change the way we think about relationships, apply critical thinking, be very mindful of that interpersonal dynamic by using a lot of these tools, these rules. You know, what puts a smile on my face, Joe Bricado and his book hit it off. That's what puts a smile on my face, right? Um, you know what? It, the book's great. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, um, my physical therapist, I think they should be yours too, by the way, Epic Physical Therapy. Whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery or suffering everyday aches and pains or you're a professional athlete or athlete that wants to improve the way you move and feel, if you're looking for an individual tailored program to your needs, that's where you go. You go to Epic Physical Therapy. That's where the professional athletes go. When you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, don't look any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors for more than 38 years, they've been helping people transition in life. And and I know you're going, they, they do real estate. What does it got to do with transitioning in life? Well, here's the deal. Folks, look, every place you've ever lived, every single place you've ever lived has been a transition in life, has it not? Of course it has. You've, you've made some sort of life transition. You upsize, you downsize, you move from an apartment to a house. You know, whatever a case may be, it's a transition in life. Well, for 38 years, they've successfully helped thousands of people take the stress out of 
that transition in life and they'd love to help you. Listen, when you're ready to sell your home, buy a home, buy your first home, whatever it may be, check with Linda Craft Team Realtors. That's lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with Joe Bricado and his book, Hit It Off, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationships and Life and Business. It's absolutely fabulous, available. Uh, bookstores everywhere, if they don't have it on the shelf, tell them why and tell them to get it right away. Um, if it's not in your local library, tell them, I want this in my local library, okay? I want this in my library because this is a book that everybody should have. And you know, you can always go to Amazon and you can always go to Joe Bricado's website. So, I mean, you can do that too and you get... He'll find a way to get you the book. I promise you he will. Um, it's fantastic. So, all right. So, let's go to rule number four because I think rule number four is uh, is one that we talk about incessantly, but it's one that we really don't do. Consciously, rule number four, consciously listen and build acceptance. And you say, do this. Make a sincere effort to hear someone's true message, not just the words that person is using oh well <laughs> um, what i will say is that you know we need to again change the way we operate right. um we we tend to to come into situations with our own agenda um if it's making a sale if it's you know if you're out making a friend, whatever you're doing, you 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 have an agenda, and unfortunately, you know we let that agenda take over. And so when we're speaking with someone, it's all too often to that we don't really act proactively by listening properly. So we're hearing words, but we're not really understanding if we get what they're saying properly. So there's a high risk of miscommunication. Remember what I said, it's all about effective, you know, critical thinking. One of the three components is communicating effectively. If we don't truly understand the intent of someone's words, then we're just not, we're literally not communicating. Mm -hmm. Listening is not a passive act. You know, we let words and sound waves come into the ears, but that's very passive. Mm -hmm. We need to be proactive. And how do you, how are you proactive when you're listening to someone? Well, first of all, you're not thinking of something else. You're not looking at your phone. Okay. You're not thinking of what you're going to say next. You're not thinking of how you're going to rebut what they're saying. What you're doing is you're listening and you're making sure you clearly understand what they've said. And you can use a couple of tips, such as asking them to clarify what they've said. You can repeat what they've said and ask to, for them to confirm that you clearly understand them. You know, I'm an attorney, been doing this now for uh, a little over 31 years. And one of the biggest problems I see in a deal, especially when it goes off the tracks, if you will, with the train wreck is lack of communication and the lack of communication is people aren't listening to each other in large part mm. you know people have intention and frankly if you think about it not everybody is the most elegant uh, uh, eloquent speaker as i just 
evidence uh, by, by stumbling over my words. But, but, Good for um, you. So I did that intentionally just to prove a point. I love it. But uh, the, 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 the real point is, you know, we can't automatically assume that people are speaking eloquently. You know, we, we don't know exactly if what the words that are coming out of their mouth really reflects their intention. We have to be intensely aware of that possibility. So again, if we're really trying to maximize the likelihood of achieving our goal, doing it more quickly and more efficiently, we better darn understand what they're saying. Because in a relationship, it doesn't work unless it's a win-win. So they're, they're expressing their intent, their goal, and then we have to understand that so we can match that and we can provide value and other things, hopefully, that will get them to their goal satisfaction. And therefore, we have a win-win. We're both providing material value to each other. So the first step in providing that material value is understanding what they want, what they need, what they're looking for. And that's called conscious or active listening. You know, the Chinese have a symbol for listening. And it involves actually a number of other symbols inside of it. And it's uh, it's an ear. It's a it's the um, image of a mind or a brain and then the heart. And I, I've never forgotten that Chinese symbol for listening because it's not enough to listen. You, you do have to have your mind engaged that you're thinking about what the other person's saying. But then you do have to listen with your heart. There has to be some sort of emotional connection. When we're doing that, right, I think, you know, which you express so eloquently here in the book, when we're doing that, we're actually hitting another rule, and that is it's respect. That is a, that's a big one, uh, Jay. Uh, it is another rule in the book. And if I had to sum up a lot of what's in this book, it would be around respect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, if you haven't figured it out, I'm Italian, or as my father would have said, half Italian, half Sicilian. He always corrected people, <laughs> um, just to be clear about that. But, you know, I learned about respect the old fashioned way, you know, around the kitchen table, you know, and I, I learned it from my family and, um, and, and I learned it in the neighborhood. Mm. And, uh, and what I see now in society generally is a tremendous amount of incivility, mm. uh, both in, uh, on the street and in, in the workplace and it's lack of respect. There was a study done um, and it was reported in the Harvard Business Review and it reported on the results of the study that was really looking into incivility in the workplace. And we talk about incivility, it's disrespect, um, other insensitive behavior, rudeness, et cetera. And 78% of the respondents reported witnessing incivility in the workplace at least once a month. 70% reported witnessing incivility in the workplace at least two to three times a month. Now that's just crazy if you think about it. Um, that's a very charged environment. No one should be working in a, in a situation like that. But it also, it comes down to lack of respect of another human being. And the bottom line is, you know, everybody needs to be respected. Everybody wants to be respected. If you want to hit it off with someone and you want to establish that long-term emotional connection, you better pay attention to your level of respect for that individual. Everybody wants to be appreciated, listened to, understood, validated. And even if you disagree with someone, there's another role in the book, hopefully we'll talk about as well, about 
disagreement, but everybody needs to have that level of validation. And if you don't give it to someone, they're going to remember it and they will eventually punish you for it in many different ways. If not, not being your friend, not doing business with you, et cetera. And this is something that I see missing. I think we've almost lost the art of respect in our society. And it saddens me to no end because of that. I think we can change things if we all paid attention to this one simple word, respect. I, I, you know, there, I remember teaching in college when I was uh, teaching culture and diversity and among other psychology courses, I was also teaching, you know, we, t- we talked about the word respect and oftentimes I found that my students didn't understand the word respect because sometimes what they felt was respect was agreement, right? And they didn't understand that. No, no, no. I can respect you, but I can, but I may disagree with you. And sometimes I think people can confuse the idea of respect versus you have to agree with me. And that if you disagree me, that's being disrespectful. It's not, I'm not doing that at all. I I respect who you are as a human being, as a fellow person, as a fellow person that's walking in this life and what you have to want to accomplish and what you want to achieve with that. I respect that fully. I just may not agree with you on this issue. And, and, And we, but you also talk about as another rule, handling disagreement is a, is a huge part of, of, of building relationships because how we deal with disagreement is important. And, and I think, and, and let me just say this to you, uh, Joe, is that, you know, oftentimes we could get into these disagreeing discussions in a business situation and we don't realize that even though we think it means nothing, it can mean everything. Mm-hmm. So talk to us through us, even disagreement and respect how those two maybe combine or maybe don't and, 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 and work together even. Each one of the 21 rules works together with every one of the other 21 rules. Um, and, and these two in particular, respect and how to handle disagreement. And the rule is really, if you disagree, try to find common ground. Mm. Um, just, and we see this a lot nowadays in our political institutions and how we interact with other people around political issues. Um, God knows there are a lot of other topics uh, we can talk about and, but we do see it a lot in, in, in political discussions where people have two different viewpoints and they don't agree. Right. In many, many cases, that really leads to a fracture in the relationship. We see it in families. I mean, I've heard multiple stories personally about family members that literally don't like each other anymore about politics. Yes. They don't talk to each other anymore. That's crazy. I mean, it literally is just the the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, It happened in my family. It happened in my family. I think we're all, you know, we've all seen yeah. it and, 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 and it's unfortunate. So my point is, uh, and, and what the science bears out is, you know, disagreement is not necessary in all cases. Mm. You can respectfully say, you know what, I understand what you're saying, but then what you do is you pivot. You pivot the conversation around what? You pivot the conversation around common values, non-negotiables, common ground that we can all, that both people can agree on. Mm. 
And that's really the key because again, we always have to keep in mind what the ultimate um, uh, overarching goal of the book is. It's to hit it off with someone and to establish that long-term emotional connection. If there's this fracture because you disagreed on X, Y, or Z type of topic, that will always be there. It'll always be in the back of people's minds that, oh, this person really doesn't, and that's a fracture. You know what happens when there's too many fractures, the thing just falls apart. So you don't want that to happen. So what you need to do is you really need to pay attention to whether or not this is really something that's important. And the science bears out something particularly fascinating about disagreement. It's called the illusion of explanatory depth. Okay, the illusion of explanatory depth. And what this is, is where we confuse a general understanding of a topic with real in-depth knowledge. So we can have a general understanding about a concept, but not be an expert. So we tend to confuse what we know very generally and vaguely about something for being an expert. We, can, we, we fool ourselves to think we know more than we do about a topic. Mm. This happens a lot in a lot of disagreements. You have two people who are not experts in what they're talking about digging in, and they think that they actually know better than the other person and you know what happens? People are lockheads, they dig in and no one convinces the other person of anything. And that's where you have real fracture, if not a complete breakdown of the relationship. There's no need for that. We need to recognize, unless we are an expert in something, right. that we're not. And we have to take a break, take a breath, pause, time out, and then pivot the conversation around, like I said, common ground. That way, the, 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 the conversation does not go off track. There's no train wreck involved. And frankly, it is what should happen. Right. Because unless it's life or death and, you know, there's an immediate imminent situation, is it really that important? We have to take stock of that. And all of that has to be compared to the ultimate goal for the relationship. Now, obviously, if you're, if you're doing a deal, and I do a lot of deals, you know, you've got two sides and sometimes deals don't happen because they cannot agree on fundamental things. And that's fine. But guess what? The vast, vast majority of deals do get done. How, how is that possible when you have two parties who have different ideas of the way the deal should be structured? How do they ultimately get to that? Well, they rally around common values. Mm -hmm. They want the deal to get done. Each party takes stock of what their true interest is. Mm -hmm and they figure out a way to make it a win-win. Mm. And that's difficult to do sometimes. That's why I believe that you have to have excellent advocates, um, including lawyers, uh, involved to help you get to the yes, you know, get to the deal. And so that's one way to really take stock of your critical thinking when you're speaking with someone, if you really wanna preserve the relationship and establish that emotional connection. Are you an expert? Do we need to regroup, pivot the conversation around common ground and preserve it and actually tighten and strengthen that bond and build that emotional connection? You know, it's so funny that you say that because the first thing that popped in my head is we get anchoring bias where we were anchored on, on this one thing that we just do not want to let go of. And then the other party is anchored on their own bias. And so here we're anchoring on these two things. And the truth of the matter is if we could just move off of our anchor. And I love what you said here. If we can find the commonality in our values, 
because I don't think our values are that far off. And frankly, Jay, you know this as well as I do. You know, we we meet a lot of people, so we have a we have a a pretty good sample, if you will, sample group. Most of the people, the vast super majority of the people that I meet are very reasonable people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're they're agreeable people. They want to agree with someone else. So we need to keep that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. When we're speaking with someone and we're starting to go down a path of disagreement, people want to agree. Mm -hmm. Let's 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 make it easier for people to get to that agreement by being mindful of the situation when they might not be, by the way, mm -hmm. they may not have read, hit it off yet. <laughs> but after that conversation, you can right. go to my website, hit it off the where we have links to all the purchase options and you can send them a book, say, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thought you might love this new book that came out. I enjoyed it. I'd like to, get, like to gift it to you now. That's awesome. His name's Joe Bacato. The book is entitled hit it off. Uh, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationships in Life and Business. You're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, Epic Physical Therapy facility offers the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter-G anti-gravity treadmill, the Normatec compression sleeves, game-ready, you know, my favorite, ice compression all-in-one. They are trained to certify the most comprehensive and cutting-edge treatments available, things like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, it's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your epic relief, your epic recovery, and your epic results, don't go any further. Go to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft Team Realtors for more than 38 years helping people all over the world with their real estate transitions. And you go, whoa, 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 but they're a private, small, independent, unaffiliated company. That's what makes them great. For 38 years, they've developed relationships with the best real estate professional in your area. That's why they're unaffiliated. No national names, no affiliations. They've been able to create relationships all over the world with the best real estate professional in your area. So regardless of where you're at, if you want an unbiased opinion of who the best person is in your area, start with Linda Craft Team Realtors. They can help you. It's lindacraft.com. It's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with my friend Joe Bricado and his book, Hit it off. Uh, 21 Rules for Mastering the Art and Science of Relationships in Life and Business. Uh, fabulous book. Man, what this has been fun. I'm, I'm having a blast here, Joe. I hope you are, but I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Me too. Awesome. Um, rule number six, uh, let's dig into there because this is a tough one, I think, for all of us because we we, we can't, we can't we're, we're always trying to figure out, well, how do I do this, right? Here it is. Build connection through trust. And you say, do this, trust people within reason because trust is critical to building unique long-term relationships. You say, trust is everything, but how do we, how do we get there? What, what's, what, these are some keys for us to get to trust because we want people to trust us, right? We do. We, we ultimately do because we know that whether it's life or business, that's important. Help us get there, please, Joe. Well, one of the big problems here is that we are very doubtful of other people. Mm -hmm. We're very cynical sometimes. Um, we don't really trust a lot of people. Um, we hear stories out there all the time about you know untrustworthy people. And if you think about any business relationship, if 
you think about a personal relationship, there's not trust, there is no relationship. Mm. And so to focus on this one is absolutely critical. And how do you do that? Well, certainly you're not gonna give dumb trust to people. It takes time, mm. but you have to prove yourself and you have to do things that establish that you are a trustworthy person. Okay, and that's very easy to do. You say something, you're gonna do something, you do it. Mm. You promise someone something, you deliver on that promise. Um, you know, in, in the business context, in many cases, you know, I'll be out and, and I'm trying to help provide value to people and they'll say they're looking to meet somebody, I happen to know somebody, and I say, I'm gonna make that introduction. I make the introduction. They know they can trust me to do that. Um, and it's not, it's not a concept where you're just gonna give your trust away. You want the other person to prove it to you as well. So you have to be really cognizant of, are they doing that or not? And as the trust builds, the science shows that, and this is fairly common sense, but there's a lot of good science behind it to really show the power of it. It goes back to the fact that we don't trust people a lot. So when we find other people that we can trust and they can trust us, you've now maximized the power of that relationship because you've worked hard to establish the trust. And now you've created what's what I refer to as really as a unique relationship. And that's really the umbrella for the whole book. Relationships that are difficult, if not impossible to replace. You know, I'm in a very trusted profession as an attorney. It's very difficult for clients to trust their professionals. But when they trust their professionals, they tend to stay with their professionals. Mm. And that's something that you do to earn. You have to earn the trust. There's a little bit of a, you know, listen, we're living in the real world, right? There's a little bit of trust you give away. You give someone an inch and you see what they do with the inch. And as they earn trust, you give them a little bit more. And that's the way you build it. But you have to think about it critically. You have to be mindful of the growth of the trust and really work to establish you being a trustworthy person, proving it to the other person. So then they open up and they trust you and you trust them. And really that enhances the uniqueness of the relationship. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, uh, Dr. Amy Cuddy, who was at Harvard and now is at Northeastern, you know, she wrote this book called Presence and she, she talked about, you know, building trust and that likability is one of the keys to actually building trust, which goes into rule 12 for you is be confident and be compelling because in rule 12, being confident, and compelling actually does build trust. And you say, do this, convey your confidence to people and they will be more confident in the relationship. Well, it doesn't confidence lead to trust, right? So, I mean, aren't these two connected? Be confident, be compelling. Why confidence? Why confidence is so important to relationships? Talk about that. Well, love the science behind this stuff because if you are confident in yourself and what you're doing, the science bears out that people will, frankly, just trust you more. Mm. Um, so, if you come off as kind of neutral in terms of yeah, I think I can do it, but maybe not, or you know, I'm gonna give it my best shot. That's not gonna engender a lot of trust. And frankly, what the science shows is that if we're slightly overconfident, not cocky, you wanna be a jerk about it, obviously. You wanna be sincere, but if you truly believe in yourself, it's okay, and frankly, more effective, according to science, 
to be slightly overconfident. That's going to really increase the trust level that the other person has. And so this is something that can be learned. Um, and you mentioned that there are exercises in the book. Yes. This is something that I was very passionate about because it's one thing to state all this stuff and to synthesize this very important science for the reader. But I also wanted to provide something that the reader can do immediately. Mm. So at the end of the book, there are exercises. It's chock full of exercises yeah. that the reader can immediately apply and you can think through these questions and some of the direction there and really see it bear out in real life. So yeah. here, you know, confidence can be learned. You can overcome fear. Uh, a lot of it is just practice. Yeah. You know, I started building my business um, as an attorney, my book of business. I didn't know a whole lot. Yeah, I graduated from law school, but I had never practiced law before. So when you're out developing business, it's kind of tough because you're not as confident, frankly, as let's say I am right now. Mm -hmm. And hopefully next year I'll be more confident than I am today. But the point being is that, you know, we learn, we practice, we make mistakes, we realize maybe that we could do something differently. So it's about practice and it's about understanding that if we're not as confident in ourselves and what we're doing is we really want to be, mm -hmm. we really need to kick ourselves in the butt and really become more confident and frankly become slightly overconfident because then you're going to really maximize the efficacy of that particular rule. Mm, that's beautiful. I, 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 I always listen. Confidence is everything. I think, uh, again, there, there is, it's not as fine line as people want to think between confidence and cockiness. It's a thicker line, uh, mm -hmm. because we know when people have gone off the rails and gotten cocky, but confidence is so important. Confidence is attractive. Confidence is trustworthy. Confidence uh, breeds confidence in others. Confidence is just, it, it just is so, it's, you don't see successful people who are not confident. It just doesn't, you doesn't exist, right? And and if there is one thing I would say to people is, God, get some, get your confidence. And you, you have some great tips. You talk about like, Listen, go back to times that you were successful. Remind yourself what you looked like when you were the most successful. Take, take a look and remind yourself when you go into that conversation, you know, what was similar? You know, how can I apply that? And and I want to encourage people. I want to encourage the listeners and the viewers of DBTV, right? Because all over the world, you're watching us on DBTV. Thank you. You know, listen, I, 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 don't, I, I can't say it in all your languages, but the truth of the matter is your confidence is so important to your success. Um, I, well, go ahead. Well, quite interesting, quite interestingly, Jay, today on my social media, and I'd love for all of your um, viewers and listeners to follow me on social media. It's a Joe Bercato official on all okay. the social media sites. So it's Joe Bercato official. And today we actually posted um, a, uh, a quote and, and a little caption around confidence. Yeah. Really, confidence is contagious. So when we're confident, it's going to bring confidence to the other person. And just think about the energy that you're creating. Right. You're increasing the vibration level for the relationship. And what a gift to give to somebody else. Right. Well, we've got just a couple minutes left here. Uh, let's wrap this all up in about two minutes here. When it comes to creating these relationships, how should we be viewing our goals uh, when it comes to relationship? 
I think you said something Stephen Covey said, right? I think you have a quote in the book, right? Have a goal with the end in mind of what the relationships look like. Is that is that what we should be doing? Yeah, rule number two really is about preparing to achieve goals in reverse. And that's called future retrospection in the science, where we really think about the end goal for the relationship. A lot of times we enter a relationship, we have a very vague understanding of what that end goal is. And so if we're thinking critically and we're being mindful, we're actually honing in on very strategically what we expect out of that relationship. And then what we do, according to the science, this is the most effective way to achieve the goal, is we start at the end and we methodically work backwards, maybe a day before we achieve the goal, six months, a year, two years, whatever the case might be, to current day with an immediate action item. When I, I do a lot of uh, breakthrough to peak performance coaching, and what I like to, to talk to my um, uh, people that I work with is, you know, we're building business development plans. We think about the vision. We think about long-term objectives, short-term goals, and immediate action items. That is future retrospection in a nutshell. And we can do this with any relationship. So it, it really plots out a really nice strategy and it avoids inefficiency because a lot of the times we just plot forward without that future retrospection concept. We tend to go down rabbit holes that we don't want to go down. We waste time, very scarce resources, whether it's our time, our money, our stress level, whatever the case might be. So again, be very cognizant about what your goal is, what your goal is, and really work efficiently, according to the science, backwards as specific as possible to map out that path forward. And that's going to maximize, again, the likelihood of achieving that goal. Well, I got to tell you, in retrospective, this was awesome. I enjoyed it fully. Uh, Joe, tell, tell people again how they can get a hold of you. Well, you can visit my website. It's hititoffthebook.com, hititoffthebook.com. Uh, you can visit me on social media. Please follow me. We post a lot. It's at Joe Bercato Official. And if anybody's going to be in the Chicagoland area, we're going to have a book signing coming up. Uh, we had a big world launch at Barnes & Noble in Oak Brook here in Illinois, and we had over 100 people sold out of all the books. It's going to be another great event. It's going to be at Barber's Bookstore on October 14th at 3 p.m. It's going to awesome. be a Saturday at Yorktown Mall in Lombard, Illinois. So if you're around, we'd love to have you stop by, say hi. I'm going to do a little uh, presentation, a little talk, and I'm going to sign a bunch of books. That's awesome. Thanks, Joe. Stay with me. Hey, folks, you know what I say to you every week, right? This is the show. And you know what? You're in control of three things in your life, your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. I know circumstances can be difficult, but it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you still have control of your attitude. You still have control of your effort, and that's your excellence. And we all get punched in the mouth now and then, but you make a choice of getting back up. And I know you can. I'll be back next week with another great guest. It's going to be another great book. It's going to be another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube or a positive review wherever you listen to the show. As I say to you every week. And you know what that is, everybody. Ciao. Things are going to change. You can find the strength to go a different way. Yeah. The time has come. Your dreams will take you places you have never been before Find your passion, find your strength Don't worry anymore A new direction A new direction